Hey, Philippians, go to Philippians, book of Philippians. We read out of last week. We read out of Philippians 3. Tonight we're going to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 10. You there? Are you here? Are you there and are you here? Come on, like you're in the word, but you're also here. You know what I'm saying? Like you're up in heaven, you're caught up in heaven, but you're also on earth. You hear what I'm saying? Like I'm stuck up in heaven, but I got lost up in heaven, but I'm still in Anchorage, Alaska. Okay, cool. All right, Philippians 4.10. It says this. This is Paul. He says, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. I don't have time to go into the context of that particular passage, but look at verse 11. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, or I know how to live humbly, and I know how to live in prosperity. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Philippians 4.13, key verse tonight, title of my message, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Passage tonight, scripture tonight, Philippians 4.10-13. through 13 title is I can do all things I can do all things let's pray and hope God to help me get by this quickly so we can go back into worship you know you can worship right now (laughs) I knew somebody's gonna do it you know it's funny how we call it a worship service it's more like a praise service because our life is a worship service but praise is where we sing songs to God so uh, we should be worshiping right now in our hearts, but we'll go back into praise here in a minute. All right, let's pray and ask God to help us, speak to us, encourage us, challenge us. If you're here tonight, then let's be here tonight and caught up in heaven. Amen. Father, tonight, Lord God, we thank you that you are our Father. God, that you love us. Lord, that you embrace us. God, that you look at us and you see holy people. Not because we live the perfect life, but God, because of your mercy and God, because of your righteousness, Lord, you put it upon us and we all are innocent people before you through our faith. And so, Father, tonight I pray that you'd restore innocence in your children tonight. God, that you'd restore the righteousness that is truly ours, God. That you would cleanse our consciences. God, that we'd be free and liberated to worship and praise and adore you. And devil, I tell you to shut up. You're a liar. I'm praying and asking that the word of God, the truth of God would prevail in the hearts and minds of every man and woman in here tonight and that God, you would cleanse our consciences through and by your word, by your spirit because of your mercies and your grace. Devil, shut up. 
We are God's people. We are redeemed, saved, called, elected, righteous, holy men and women of God because of the righteousness of Christ. And God, I pray that word would prevail in our hearts tonight. And Lord, that lions and lionesses would roar tonight because of boldness and courage because your word says the righteous are bold as a lion. We bless you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. I got married a couple years ago. Praise God. Come on, somebody shout for that, man. That, that's, that's a big accomplishment. It is the biggest accomplishment. I would say my salvation was the biggest accomplishment, but I didn't accomplish that. God did. So the biggest accomplishment is getting married. Man, praise God, especially to Ashley. Who did a woman of God? What's Zayden doing? Is he, is he shouting me down right now? He's just, he's just chilling with his little toy back there. Hey, tonight... If my son outshouts you, you ought to be ashamed. If he starts screaming out and you ain't shouting, something's wrong. I'm about to preach the word tonight, and you need to have hearts of faith to receive. Gabriel, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not that kind of person. You know, I'm more reserved. That's your problem. Well, I was taught to be reserved. Well, I just come against that and say, no. I don't see the word reservation in the Bible. Except them who are caught up in bondage. Let's not be reserved tonight. Amen. I got married a couple years ago. Come on, amen. I got married a couple years ago. And uh, my, before I got married, my parents um, offered to do one of the most amazing things that you could do. And that's buy your uh, son-in-law, or sorry, your daughter-in-law and your son uh, a free trip to Mexico. And... Uh, and, and, you know, some people are prideful, like, no, you know, I, I, can't, I can't receive that. Uh, I need to work for my own stuff. I'm like, man, once again, the devil's a liar. I receive this ticket to Mexico. And I receive this ticket to this all-inclusive resort. And I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to be ashamed. I'm not going to feel guilty. I'm going to grab that ticket, hand it to the, to, the, to the guy, whoever lets me get on the airplane, the security people, and the, what do you call them peoples, the... TSA, my goodness, those guys are feeling people up and stuff. I'm about to give them my ticket and act like I paid for it, too. How did this little young punk kid get it? Yeah, fool, I'm rich. Let's tell him straight up, but, uh, even though I'm not rich. But I, I just, I just want to walk in that confidence because it's been given to me. So my parents, one day, we and Ashley went out to uh, the valley to be with my parents, and, and they handed us this, this, this ticket, this whole package. And for a moment, I thought, should I take it? But that was only a moment. Don't be fooled. <laughs> and then I had this revelation. The beach. <laughs> As I was pondering whether I was going to receive this or not, I thought, pina colada. A swimming pool. Beach balls. Filet mignon. Yeah, you heard it. Filet mignon. Mignon. French, right? Noella? I don't even know if that's French. Shut up. Not Noella, but just in general, just shut up. Okay. <clears throat> Filet mignon and, and, you know, that hotel suite and that room service. Man, I'll tell you what. I got to be honest for a moment. Can I just step aside from the whole amazing trip? 
that room service sucked, for real. <laughs> they gave me these nachos with that horrible Velveeta melted cheese. I looked at that. Looked around, made sure nobody was there, then realized I was eating some nasty food, and I ate it anyway. But I realized this stuff stinks. So what, well, the next day, Ashley and I went down uh, to this, uh, it was like a steakhouse. They had four or five different restaurants you could go to, and, and they had about everything you can imagine. I mean, from steak to filet mignon, uh, to lasagna, to spaghetti, to pickles. They didn't even have pickles there. They had everything you might want. And... Uh, Pickles? Yeah, fried pickles. And, um, and one day we walked by this the steakhouse, and they had these steaks just cooking on the grill. And I had a thought. If my beautiful wife walks by this Mexican dude flipping steaks, and she just looks at it, maybe he'll offer one. So we uh, proceeded with the plan. Kind of sat in back like an innocent bystander, you know. And my wife kind of looks over and goes, hmm. And he goes, somehow you say it in Spanish, or whatever. <laughs> and, and I came running, yes, totally, make it two. And the dude was like, oh, man. And he, he, thought, he didn't even see me, you know. So he pulls out two sticks, put it in a deal. We walked up to the hotel, had us some filet mignon. Because they said it was all-inclusive, so we didn't have to pay for that either. I had a great time on my honeymoon, and the best part was probably eating the food and being with my wife. The worst part was probably snorkeling, hate water. I grew up on a lake, and I hate water. And I just hate, especially when it gets dark, you can't see nothing below you. That's when I really hate water. And uh, anyway, but the rest of the part was, was great. And, and I just, I think I would have been a fool. And most of you, if, if I would have told you, from the beginning, that the story started out with my parents handing me a ticket, and it ended with me saying no. Uh, most of you would have said, you're a fool. Are you sure you're even a Christian? You know, uh, Are you a human being? What's your deal? Um, and I just, the, the sad thing is, is that most of us, when we hear a story like that, go, why would we not? Why would anybody not receive that, that free ticket and that all-inclusive resort and go take a hold of that which God has given us? And that's, that's, that's what, that's what uh, or w- which my parents are giving us. And that's the first thing we think is, why would somebody not do that? It's, it's foolish to not take an all-inclusive ticket to go somewhere. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, God has granted us all of himself and all of his kingdom and all of his righteousness and his purpose and his plan and his destiny for you and for me. He's declared and decreed a promised land, a life flowing with milk and honey. What does that even mean? It don't matter. It's flowing milk and honey. God has promised and given it to you. He didn't ask you to pay for it. He didn't ask you to try to earn enough goody points to get yourself to that place. My parents didn't say, well, because, son, you've been doing a really good job in life, we're going to give you this free ticket. No, because you're our son, I feel obligated to give this to you. Not that God feels obligated. God, out of his mercies and out of his love, desires and yearns to bless and to give to us. And my goodness, God has already given you a plane ticket to his mercy seat. He's given you a plane ticket to his kingdom. He's given you a plane ticket to his promised land for you. He's given you an all-inclusive 
all-inclusive resort. Your problem is you won't accept the ticket. You won't accept the ticket. For, for, for some odd reason, we have a tendency to not accept it. We have a tendency to not embrace what God has given us. We have a hard time embracing what God has offered and granted to us. Sometimes it's through fear. Sometimes it's through shame. Sometimes it's through guilt and condemnation. But whatever it happens to be, we have a tendency to not embrace it. We have a tendency to fear. Well, that ain't true. I don't know. I don't know if it's actually going to be all-inclusive. I don't know if it's actually a real plane ticket. What if they drop me off in Seattle? What if I, what if I put my faith out there, walk up to the TSA agent like I own the place, and he says, mm, sorry, sir, this is an invalid ticket. And some of us think that's how God works. I'm going to put my faith out there. I'm going to try and give him my heart. He's shouting down. Anybody else shouting? Come on. I'm trying to give my heart to God, and then he's going to let me down. But that ain't the truth, is it? But we live that way. And we act that way. Numbers. Go to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. Going to the OT, baby. Numbers chapter 13, verse 2. Long story. Moses wrote the first five books, the Torah. It's a story of how God promised his children this land. If you didn't know, that land is still land, and it's still a nation. It's Israel. It's Jerusalem. is one of their finest cities. Anybody been to Jerusalem? Anybody? Anybody? What was it like there? Was it really holy? It was cool. I've never been there. But God told these people that he was going to give it to them. He was going to give them this land, and they would have their own nation, They'd have their own place to dwell. They'd have their own place to make babies. They'd have their own place to eat food and to drink milk and to eat honey. They'd have their own place. And so they get to this place, and Moses is, is, uh, is leading about one to three million Israelites who just got taken out of Egypt because they're under bondage by this guy named Pharaoh and the people of Egypt serving for hundreds of years. And they come to this place, God delivers them out, they're in the wilderness, and God's t- bringing them to his promised land that he has for them. He's given it to them, he told them it was theirs, it's yours. And then he tells them, they're about right there, and then he says, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. Verse 23, then they came to the valley of Eshkul, and there cut down a branch with clusters of grapes. They carried it between two of them on a pole. They also brought some of the pomegranates and figs. The place was called the valley of Eshkul because of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh, they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Promised land. God has given you a promised land. Come on. God has given you, as his people, a promised land. But even when I say that, you don't embrace it. Some of us will. 
But I just told you that from the scripture, God has granted his people a promised land. You have been given a promised land. What does that look like? Well, that looks like a a life filled with the mercies of God. That looks like a life filled with the peace of God. That no matter the trial, no matter the hardship, no matter the situation that I go through, I can have the peace of God. That surpasses, it goes beyond all natural common sense and understanding. I can have peace in the middle of any situation. The promised land looks like feeling and being confident and being zealous and being ambitious and being excited and stoked and passionate about the things of God. Not because you did all the right things. But because Christ has done all the right things and granted you his mercy and granted you his righteousness so that therefore at your faith, at the moment, at the conception of your faith and your belief, you are declared righteous. I'm talking about a promised land where you can have real intimate relationships with people and fulfill your heart's greatest desire, which is oneness with people and oneness with God Almighty. I'm talking about a promised land where you don't have to make sacrifices to make God love you more, but a promised land where you are already embraced into God. You just need to recognize it. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm talking about a promised land where God takes you and puts you in his city, in your city. What city are we living in right now? And God promises you his city. God asks us. He says, hey, Would you ask for the nations? If you ask for the nations, I will give you the nations. If you ask anything in my name, I will give it to you. And there is a promise from God for us and for our generation that I am holding on to, that God has granted us our city. God has granted us South High School. God has granted us Golden View High School or Middle School. God has granted us UAA, the college and the whole campus and every person that is in the campus. God has granted us this city, the marketplace, the stores. Oh my goodness. And you're still not even shouting. God has granted us his city, this city, our city, my city. But that ain't going to happen if we don't take it by faith. You know, there's, 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 there's a sad thing. You know, there's a sad thing where people uh, pack up and, and go down uh, to conferences in other parts of the world. And, and not that that's sad. I'm going to a conference here in a couple of weeks. But what's sad is that they feel as though God's presence or God's spirit is there and it's not here. And we have people that want to go across the world and go to these places, go to these uh, 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 systems or programs to help them become more spiritual. And once again, I'm not saying that that's necessarily wrong. And I'm not trying to, if, you, if I just squash your dream, well, get over it, forgive me. But my prayer is that Anchorage would be a place that people want to come. That this church would be a place that people desire to come to worship God. That this church would be a place where people want to come to grow their worship gifts. That this church would be a place where people want to come to grow their prophetic gifts. That this church would be a place that people want to come to learn how to love people and shepherd people and make disciples. That this church would be a place where people want to come to learn how to preach the word and to teach the word of God and to be evangelists in their city. That this place would be a place where people would travel from Australia, from Europe, from all over the world, from China, even from, gosh dang it, 
Antarctica to come up here to Alaska and to find what Christ has for them. And that's a vision that God has given to me and has given to some of our leaders. And it will come to pass, but it will not come to pass in our day unless we grab a hold of our faith and say, this promised land is for us. This city is for us. That vision is for us. I can be that worship leader that writes CDs and inspire people across the world. I can be that evangelist that goes into my school and sees the whole school turned upside down, the teachers asking me to come back the following year after I graduate just to influence the, school, the students at school. I can be that person. Come on, where is your faith? Where is the vision for your life? Stuck on computer all night long? Stuck on texting somebody till you fall asleep at night? Or is it for this city? Is it for your school? Is it for your family? But we don't, we, 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 we tend to do what, what they do here in verse 28. The 12 spies come back. And they said in verse 28, man, the place is sweet. The vision is amazing. Fruit all over the place. Pomegranate's so good, you don't even poop after you eat it. <laughs> Land flowing with milk and honey. There's beautiful girls there, you know, whatever. There's some studly men there. But then they say this, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. We saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of Jordan. Verse 33, and they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone and spies is a land that devours its people. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, and we were like grasshoppers. <laughs> it really says this. In our own sight. And so we were, and so we were in their sight. 14.1. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, Oh, God. And they wept all night long. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt. <laughs> or if only we had died in this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, Let us select a leader and return to Egypt. You go to Hebrews chapter 3. Verse 19, the Bible says that they didn't enter, those people didn't enter God's promised land because of unbelief. There is a promised land. There is a purpose that God has given to you. As my parents gave me a ticket to Mexico and to go to an all-inclusive resort that was all paid for, there is something that is given to you. And you're only think, that the only thing that is keeping you from accomplishing that which God has given you is your unbelief and your fear 
When you look at the circumstance, say, well, Gabriel, but our governor, he ain't even a Christian, which I'm not saying he isn't, I'm just saying in general. Or my teacher, she doesn't even like Jesus. Or my other teacher, he, he, he's, he's, a, he, he's an atheist. Or my parents don't like Jesus, and I don't know if I can really do that. And, and, and we go on list after list, and maybe we won't write it down, and maybe we don't even verbally say it, but in our hearts, we, we lose the promises of God, and we let go of the promises of God because of unbelief. My burden tonight and my passion tonight is that you would stir up your faith to believe God for the promise that is yours. To believe God for your school. To believe God for the city. To believe God for your family. To believe God for your friends. To have faith. You hear what I'm saying, Jonathan, in the back? Come on, man. What about you, Pete? It's going to take you feeling awkward and stepping out of your comfort zone and your, res- your reserved attitude for you to come to a place. And some of you, it is worshiping like you've never worshiped. For some of you, it's shouting at me when I'm preaching. I'm serious. Because you know what happens when you shout at me? You're, you're activating your faith. You're saying yes and amen. I'm saying yes and amen to the promises of God. And when you shout or when you respond to Christ, whether you come to an altar and respond to Him or you respond to a leader in your life, what you're saying is, yes, I believe. I am there. Rather than sitting back going, well, you know, let the passionate be passionate. Let the reserved be reserved. Well, if I get excited, maybe these people will think I'm, a, I'm an idiot. No, they'll be stirred to do what you're doing. Two men, in verse 30, Caleb says, Caleb, there was two men, Caleb and Joshua, and this group of 12 men. And Caleb, after these guys said all these things, Caleb quieted the crowd. He quieted the people. He quieted those who were being fools and having unbelief and being fearful. He quieted them. And that's my passion. And I, sh- I challenge you that that would be your passion. When people begin to question, I tell you and I challenge you to tell them to shut up. When people begin to say, well, I don't know if it will ever happen here, then you just say, shut up. It is going to happen here. It will happen here. And Caleb, said, Caleb quieted the people. And he said this. Young man, he goes, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Joshua and Caleb, after they'd heard all that these men had said and all the complaints that they had and all the fearful things that they had and all the unbelief that they had. The Bible says that Joshua and Caleb tore their clothes and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel saying, the land we pass through to spy out is exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. 
only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. There's two things that kept them. There's two things that kept those people from entering the promised land. It was unbelief, and that unbelief was expressed through fear. And they reserved themselves, and they quieted themselves, and they let the passionate be passionate. They let Joshua and Caleb be excited and passionate. And you know what happened to them? They all died in the wilderness, and they never got to see the fulfillment of God's promises, except the children and Joshua and Caleb. I want to be a Joshua. I want to be a Caleb. And I don't want to build with 10 spies or 10 leaders or a few leaders or a few people who question and have unbelief. Because we're not going anywhere if that's the case. If you want to see the promised land, if you want to see God grab a hold of your life and grab a hold of your family and grab a hold of your school, then you have to stir up your faith. Joshua 21, 43, So the Lord gave to Israel all the land of which he had sworn to give their fathers, and they took possession of it and dwelt in it. Did you just hear that? This is the fulfillment. After years, Joshua and Caleb finally get the opportunity to cross the Jordan. They got the opportunity to cross the Jordan and defeat all those enemies. And then it says this, in the end of the book of Joshua, The Lord gave to Israel all the land of which he had sworn to give to their fathers, and they took possession of it and dwelt in it. The Lord gave them rest all around according to all that he had sworn to their fathers. And not a man of all their enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Not a word failed. And any good thing which the Lord had spoken to, all, to the house of Israel, all of it came to pass. All of it came to pass. Because they took hold of it. Because they took possession of it. Because they said, if he give it to us, if he grants it to us, if he promises it to us, the Bible says that his promises are yes and amen. In other words, when God promises it, you can assure, you can be assured that it is true. That when you, when he says that you are righteous, that you are declared holy, that that really means that you are righteous and holy. That really means that you're just as righteous. I say this before and I'm going to say it again. But you're just as righteous as Jesus Christ. If you, if, if you were any less righteous, you wouldn't be accepted to God, would you? Because the only standard, the only, the only way to the Father is through the perfect righteousness of Jesus. And so you are, by your faith, as long as you hold on to that faith, you are just as pure and holy and righteous as Jesus. You may not be living like it yet, but in identity, yes, you are. And yes, we can accomplish those things because God has granted it to us already. Or you can believe a lie that people say about you. Look, I, as, the, as much as I am talking to a congregation as much as I am talking to a group right now, as much as I am speaking to a generation, I'm also speaking to individuals in this place. It's important that you see yourself in a gathering of people, in a group of people, in a church of, in, in, the, in, the, in the mix of the church, but it's of the utmost importance that when you hear the word of God that you receive it for your individual life and for your individual purposes. 
That God has an individual purpose and plan for you. And you can either believe it or you can not believe it and live a life of mediocrity, live a life of reservation, live, live a life where you can serve everything and you experience nothing. And I ask that you'd stir up your faith. Stir up your faith. Stir up your faith to believe. You know, I think about this. Two men, Joshua and Caleb, believe God. Two men believe God. Just two. It wasn't 600,000. They didn't, they didn't wait until there was millions of people to believe. Just two men, despite the rest of all of Israel, they stood there and said, yes. Could you imagine how much of a fool they looked, they felt like? They must have felt stupid. They must have felt like idiots. But they didn't care. They didn't care because they held on to God's promises. They didn't care because they knew that if they held on to his word and if they had faith that it would come to pass. What if 30 of us believed? What if, what if three of us believed God for the city? What if four of us did? What if 10 of us believed? What if all of us believed? Joshua and Caleb, two men, they just believed. They just had faith. And they were able to see what God promised them. Can we have the worship team come up, please? Paul says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. No matter the circumstance, no matter the situation, no matter how many people believe or how many people don't believe. Come on, listen to me. Focus here. Listen. No matter how many people believe with me or how many people don't believe with me. No matter how hard my life is. No matter how many people think that I'm stupid or I'm a fool. No matter the trial that I'm going through. No matter the shame that I feel. I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. You mean all things? Yes, it doesn't say some things. It says all things. You mean this city? Yes, this city is included in all things. You mean your family? Yes, your family is included in all things. You mean my school, Gabriel? Yes, your school is included in all things. But you must stir up your faith and believe and expect God on a daily basis to move in your life and your family in your school, in your workplace, you must stir up your faith or you will not see anything. I know as long as I live, I will see God's fulfillment come to pass in my life because I am not letting go. My wife and I, we are holding on to his promises for our life and for our family and for this ministry until I die. 
until my heart beats its last beat. I'm going to expect and call on God and ask of God when I'm struggling. I'm going to confess to a brother when I'm struggling. I'm going to tell him my hard things that I'm going through, my trials. But regardless of the circumstance and regardless of the situation, I don't want to be one of them spies that don't believe and look at all the things that are holding me back from doing the things of God. I want to be like Joshua. I want to be like Caleb. I want to be a Joshua. And for you ladies, you should be and want to be a Joshuette, if you will. And I'm talking to you ladies tonight. I encourage you. You are not inferior to the men. You are equal to the men. Yes, men, I said it. And if you got a problem with that, then shut up and go home. Look, if our women don't rise up in this church, then this church will not move forward. And I have a passion to see you ladies to step up and grab a hold of. No, that's for the guys. No, shut up. It ain't for the guys. It's for you as well. Sure, you have different roles and responsibility, but your value is of utmost importance. And if you don't grab a hold of the call of God on you as a woman of God, not trying to be like a man, but being a woman of God, if you don't grab a hold of that, you're harming the church. You're holding us back. I'm not talking to girls. I'm talking to women tonight. I'm talking to you women who have an ability to take us as men and us as people into a deep, intimate place with God through worship like our sister and our friend Anna. What if Anna didn't believe and didn't do what God has called her to? What if she said, you know what? I see what God has for me, but I'm just, I don't know if it will happen. I knew this girl six years ago, and to see how far she has come is ridiculous. Because she's grabbing a hold of what God has for her. She's grabbing a hold of promise and saying, yes, amen. I'm going to say it again. You're just as important, young woman, as any man, as any man, as any man. And I would even go as far to say that in this season, in this day, your, your activation of your faith and your participation in what God has for this church I would even go as far to say it's probably even more important than guys participating because there has been a spirit of fear and a spirit of, of, of reservation on women and a spirit of guilt and shame and, in, and, and being inferior to man and being inferior to the promises of God and not being good enough. And if you don't step forward and grab a hold of what God has for you, for your family, for the girls that are in your life. And you're going to miss out on what God has for you. And, you're, and I'm going to miss out on what God has for me in this city and for us in this church. Come on, girls. I'm talking to you. All of you girls, will you stand up? All the girls, stand up. Keep playing. Keep playing. Guys, you're next. Is there anybody in the house tonight doesn't believe in Jesus? You girls, if there are any girl in the house and you say, I don't believe in Jesus, and you say, I want to get saved tonight and give my life to him. Anybody? Anybody? Okay, so I hope that every woman in here is a, is, is, has faith in Jesus. Can I get a shout? Jesse, that was weak sauce. Come on. Girls, can I get a shout? You believe in Jesus? Come on. You, do you believe in Jesus? Is he your savior? 
then do you not know that you are righteous? Do you not know that you are women of God and qualified to be His children, to be His daughter, to live a life of passion and of purpose and of glory? Do you not know that you're just as important as any person standing next to you? You're just as important as any person you might think is of most importance. You are a woman of God and called of God. You are a daughter of the Most High God. And women, you help us as men express the love of God. We as men cannot by ourselves express the love of God. We by ourselves cannot express the image of God by ourselves. We lack without you. That's why when he looked at Adam by himself, he says, this isn't good. This isn't good. The man, he's pretty good, but he, he's missing it. He's missing it. I miss it without my wife. I'm half a person without my wife. And I mean that. You ladies in here, potentially wives in here and mothers in here, but you're not only called to be house, housewives, you also have a calling to be ministers unto God and unto people. You have callings to preach, to prophesy, to teach, to lead worship, to evangelize. You have a call in your life. And you need to get over your fear and your worry and your shame and say, yes, God, I embrace it. Come on, close your eyes, bow your head. All you girls right now, close your eyes, bow your head. And if you want to, you want to lift your hands, you want to hold your hands out. Just tell them this, Lord, don't say it unless you believe it, but say, Lord, I embrace your purpose for my life. Come on, only if you mean it. Come on, I'm talking about a girl that has faith like Joshua. I'm talking about a girl that has faith like Caleb. Say, Lord, come on, if that's you, say, Lord. Lord, come on, girl, you got to shout. Come on, say, Lord. Come on, stir up your faith. Come on, say, Lord. I accept. Come on, I accept the purpose. Come on, the purpose and the calling of God on my life on my life yes father thank you for him lord but don't leave that intimate place begin to share your heart with him man would you stand up with me as well all the men in the house all the men in the house women you keep pressing in keep pressing in come on girls begin to worship him Anna can you lead us in something as I kind of go here with the guys men. I'm not talking to boys. I'm talking to men. Boys to men, baby. Is there anybody in here, you're a guy, and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord? Anybody here? You say, tonight I want to do that. Anybody? Anybody? Come on, anybody. Any, anybody in here? He's asking a lot longer than he asked for the girls, because I know there's a guy in here that ain't saved. That's why. All right, close your eyes. Everybody, close your eyes. Bow your head. Bow your head. Close your eyes. Extend your heart to the Lord. Extend your heart to the Lord. Guys, I better hear a shout. If this is you, if this is you, and you know, I need to embrace God's call in my life. I need to embrace it. I haven't really embraced it. I have fear. I don't really believe. Right left. Father, come on, say Father. Father. 
I accept your purpose and calling on my life. God, I accept your purpose and calling on my life. Father, tonight we accept it. Lord God, we embrace it, Lord. We embrace it, Lord. We embrace your purpose, God. Come on, if that's you tonight, you know that you're convicted, you have fear or unbelief. I'm asking you to step out of your seat and come down here to the front. Now I'm responding to me, you're responding to God. I'm gonna count the three. I'm gonna count the three, and I want you to come down yet. I'm gonna count the three. And if that's you, say, Gabriel, I have unbelief, I have fear. Those two first, then we're gonna go on from there. But I have unbelief and I have fear. Unbelief and fear. One, if that's you, you say, Gabriel, I don't really believe in, in, in what God's called me to. I kinda, I don't really know for sure. I'm kinda questioning too. I, I, I've heard a calling, I've got a vision, but I feel like that's for somebody else. That's for somebody else, Gabriel. Three, if that's you, come down the front right now. Right now, come on, don't come shy. Come, come. Oh man, there's so many more right now. You're convicted of it right now. I don't care if you're a leader in the house. Come. My goodness, there's so many more. About half of you should be coming down. You know it. Your heart's racing. Your heart's racing. Come down. Come down. You're not responding to me. You're responding to God and His call in your life. Lord, I don't really believe it. I don't really know. I don't really know. I'm going to be here. If your parents come, you can go, but we're going to keep going. There's more of you. Just keep coming. And I'd like, I'd like you, if you feel led, leaders, anybody, you feel led, begin to lay hands on them and don't pray a little baby prayer. Lay your hands on them and pray a prayer of faith. Come on. Come on. Lay your hands on them and pray a prayer of faith. Shalane, do you want to minister? you want to come and minister? Yes. Darren, if you'd come. And Tracy, if you feel led, please come. Come on. Words of prophecy. Come on. Words of vision. Come on. Impart to them tonight. Come on, you still got, you got fear. You're like, I need to be ministered to, Gabriel. I need to be built up in my faith. I'm questioning. Come on, stir up your faith tonight. Declare a thing over each other. Come on, you got fear. You got fear. Lord, Lord God, blow. Blow on this place. Wind of God, blow. There's still people that aren't being ministered to. If you're a lady in the house and you want to pray for somebody, come look. Trey, there's people down here in the front too. Come, come minister. Come minister.